The best rugby insight and analysis. OTB Sports Rugby. They don't look like the All Blacks. They're not playing like the All Blacks. They're barely clinging on. They never really looked like they would win Test 2 or 3. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Now then, you're very welcome back. So uh, between eight and nine, we have our uh, new slot, the little slot that could, a slight tangent is uh, coming at you. Very happy to say in studio, we have Mick McCarthy. Michael, you're very welcome. Hello, Joe. Arthur O'Dea is here. Those things, Joe. And Ronan Mullen is there. Hello, Ronan. Hi, Joe. I was just debating with Ronan. If you're watching visually, I mean, radio, you don't need to worry about this, but you can imagine. So the three of us are over here and Ronan's over there and he loves a good Butch Harmon stare down the camera lens <laughs> and ignores us as we're talking to him. So in effect... We look at the side of his head and I was saying, give us a bit more eye contact. I feel like the broadcasters in dodgeball, you know, when they're right down the bar of the camera talking to the audience. So we'll see. I'll mix it up this week, I think. Look at me when I'm talking to you. (laughs) So uh, lots of comments in on this slot. Surprisingly, like not just lukewarm, but people uh, really enjoying. I was just going through the YouTube comments from uh, last week. So uh, really nice. We really appreciate it because, I mean, this was very much just uh, something we thought we would do for a little bit of the summer without the football and people have said no keep it going and look we'll have to figure out its place I still think it's on thin ice because when the rugby comes back we'll be doing rugby at this time so I know you don't like me um, but it doesn't really have a day here we are on Monday we were on Wednesday we were on Tuesday we'll find some time for it you know this is the this is the this is all part of the master plan Joe do you want some of the comments from last week I do Paul said love the segment similar to the news round chat but more drawn out with interesting topics fair play lads thank you Paul James Cook, this is a great segment. Stop worrying about the name. Although another person said this segment should be called Off the Cuff. And then Garoge Hughes, lads, this is easily my favourite section you do all week alongside the pay-per-view. Hope you keep it up even as the football fixtures ramp up. And Shane O'Keefe, I love this slot and I want it to be kept even when the soccer and rugby seasons are at full throttle. Tony Kay, I couldn't tell if this was sarcastic or not because I thought it was OTT. He said, this is my favourite new thing. <laughs> I count down the days till a the new world. video. Please keep it up. <laughs> well, I hope he well, didn't come early this week. Did he miscount the days because he was probably anticipating Wednesday? So. Oh, this is going to blow Tony's mind. Sorry, Tony. And then a particular favourite comment. Does Arthur have anything positive to say about anything? What does he watch or enjoy? Perhaps it could be a topic next week. And uh, somebody responded, he's burdened by education. (laughs) (laughs) You're too smart. Arthur O.P.H.D. I think the world's a tough place if you're too smart. That's nitpicking. Mm -hmm. So... So do you enjoy <laughs> anything? You can't print that. He got that. No, look, that's that, I don't understand that, though. That's not... Not to take it too seriously for the man <laughs> commenting on YouTube. But but you, like, you have nothing positive to say about his comment. But like, I didn't think I was overly negative. Last week? No. Not overly. Oof, that's a pregnant pause. <laughs> <laughs> you were you. Jeez. You did cool. you. What does that mean? I can't remember what we talked about last week, but I'm sure remember. Arthur disagreed with it. I don't think you're overly negative. No. You're the he's right just, am, the, right he's just the disagreeable sort, which is the way it's what we want. We're like, just trying you know? to give it a spark. You can't sit here, all four of us, agreeing with one another. I'd agree with that, yeah. I see you as <laughs> a very gentle soul, not a negative person. Gentle, would that not be a word people might yeah. throw at you? Graham Sinesse wouldn't like it. Yeah. So, exciting times. We have a few things to uh, talk about. By the way, uh, Paul O'Donovan, most underappreciated Irish sports person. We've a bid in to speak to Paul and Fintan McCarthy. We'll hopefully get the two of them on, maybe at some stage over the next week or two. And uh, somebody wants to ask of Jamie Clark. He signed with Nuri, who is Ireland's most talented slash versatile sports person. His uh, text has just come in hot off the press. It's 53106. 
You'll get us that off the ball on Twitter as well. Exciting times as we get going here. Uh, Mick decided the slot needs a sting. These are important in that they help, what, land the uh, slot with the stick in the mind. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. How much work have you put into this? Uh, sure, consider it. So, yeah, okay, yeah. all right, okay, here we go. Maybe, well, Maybe a couple of hours, actually. Couple of hours. Yeah, maybe. I can't, I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to go through my workday last Friday. Yeah, no, a couple of hours. Uh, well, without further ado, it's time for a slight tangent. Just a slight tangent on, on that. <laughs> this is a. This is far too much of a tangent. Just a brief interruption. Can I also say one more thing on this? Okay. But uh, we also need to impose some rules. Like we can't just have twenty-minute tangents over a text. Come on. This is refusal to consider the circumstances. I'm not going to entertain that, Joe. This conversation is not a good one, I think. Do we argue much? No. We keep them inside. They're fester. <laughs> See, I thought this was a ridiculous text until I read the top three, and then I thought, Do you know what? Oh, yeah. I'd actually debate that with you. <laughs> it is an interesting... Sorry, it's not an interesting question, but... Uh, Let's I, make that clear. <laughs> I love the sound of a snooker referee counting up the score. We're back. There we go. Oh, full marks. Very good. You didn't have much to work with and you made it happen. I had no earphones for that, so I didn't know what parties were laughing at. Oh, which no, was it's disappointing. good. Yeah, it's yeah. good. I was laughing. I was laughing, for sure. So uh, the weekend that was, I guess, if we were gathering together, which is kind of the aim of this thought, we would be talking about the weekend's football. Uh, there was like a high point for the disingenuous media comments. It came at full time at Stamford Bridge. They all, you hate to see these scenes, ugly scenes. Hate to see them. Yeah, personally, I love to see them. So does everybody. Even the person saying that at the time loves to see them. The excitement in their voices, they say, oh, you hate to see this happen. <laughs> Suggest they're quite into <laughs> it. Quickly, Jamie Carragher as well comes down afterwards to get to talk about it again. Yeah. It's like, as, as, you, as I said in commentary, but like, it's just, ah, oh, it's fantastic. Even the people involved love it. I think Jamie Carragher hadn't even finished his sentence, you know, the, the pretense that he should be offended by this before saying, I love it. Yeah, I did. Thomas Tuchel, I thought, struck a lovely tone afterwards, bemused at Jeff Shreves trying to stoke this. This is why you're here, Jeff. <laughs> I'm just cutting out the middleman, getting straight to it, and Jeff trying to stoke flames that have already been stoked. I was going to say, I didn't think there was much stoking needed. Like, it was, uh, it was fairly vicious. I, it was Matt Doherty I felt sorry for, stuck in the middle of it all, looking Matt around, sort of looking a little bit bemused. What about poor Cesar Aspilicueta trying to be brokering peace? Uh, do you think that's former? what Aspilicueta was well, doing? Well, apparently not, because Conte was giving him the Yeah, I down. thought Aspilicueta was here. Here, I, kn- I know you. You shouldn't have done that. I thought Tuchel afterwards was right to turn to Shreves and go, it wasn't that bad. No. no, no like nothing, He said nothing happened. And kind of nothing did happen. It was much ado. About, this was not Galway against Armagh. Well, there was a still at one point uh, of Conte realising what Tuchel was doing to his hand that looked like he was in the most pain I've ever seen a human being in. <laughs> Now, if you watch the entire video, maybe it doesn't look too bad, but the, that one still where he's looking down at his hand and realising what's happening, he looks like he's in absolute agony. It so was where Shefflin went wrong. The look of surprise and horror on Conte's face. <laughs> so we had the Tuchel Cody grab and the hold, and then Conte reacted like he'd been shot, frankly. Yeah, oh, whatever. That he did. The oh, Italian in him came oh, out for sure. Like, oh, <laughs> look! That's amazing. You do that to me. Yeah. Oh, and and I, then I, squared up to him. And I would, I would back Conte. Oh yeah, he's a killer. Like I would, I would. Yep, there you go. Oh, Conte's yes. a killer. Yeah, I think uh, Frotch Groves is the zenith of the genre. Have you? No. I think Jaren uh, the gloves are off, which I know you're a huge fan of, Joe. Who presents that again? Johnny Nelson. It's just such an huge awkward fan. piece of television, isn't yeah, it? Though? I suppose when you're trying to. Gen- Have you seen this? This is the boxing. It's where Johnny Nelson and they all obviously they all sit on the chairs where they turn them around like an eighties. American high school, so they've got the backs up against oh, the, well. know, turn the chairs around backwards. And the three of them sit there, and there's Johnny Nelson in between them, and the yeah. two boxers are there, 
and he gets them to say mean things about each other back and forth. But this one, this one was genuine, sold itself. In fact, I think it might have kicked off this format in many ways, like latterly on Sky Sports. I mean, these two really didn't like each other. Now they just get do it with everybody, and it is a little bit false. But uh, Groves goes for the Tuchel move, and Frost just immediately turns the tables on him, almost literally drags him across the table. So yeah. We can all have a bit of a pull, a bit of a pull and a push. <laughs> Did I you tweet this? <laughs> I haven't seen this. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was thinking. I've seen this very recently. Like, that, <laughs> like this I'm morning. not exaggerating when I say the fight was won there and then. <laughs> <laughs> there and then. But I love Tuco kind of come. Would you just... Is it, I kind of, it's funny, we're in the media. And I just hate the media. <laughs> I just spend my weekends hating the media. Like You're an outsider. Oh yeah, you see, that's the, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy because like, I'm as guilty of it as anyone. But like, okay, I get Jeff Shrews have to do his job and he's asking the questions. But like, Tuchel struck a lovely line of, come on, like it's emotional. It's not a big deal. Like this thing, these things happen. Mm. And he was smiling. It was like, come on, that's why you're here. It's great. It's fine. There's no biggie. And I thought it was such a great way for... It's interesting you say that. I'm looking at it thinking, whatever, maybe, maybe that's fine in retrospect. But like... He completely lost control. He got Tuchel. a red card. Like, you know, it's like he's going to be banned from the touchdown. I think it's more than fair to ask him. I actually don't think it's blown out of proportion. That was a pretty, like, I don't think it's, you hate to see it. I don't think, I, I thought it was all very funny. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a fake talking point. Oh, no, you've got to ask him about it. Do you know Sorry. what I mean? Yeah, and, you're right. And, and you're I don't right, even right. mean from Jeff Shree's point of view. I mean, just in general, I'm saying like, Tuchel, like, and Conte eventually, but I feel like Conte was a little bit more provoked. Like, Completely lost the head. Yeah. In a way that I think is is worth remarking on. No, totally. From, Sorry. As, as right. in his role as Chelsea manager and what's right. going on there, and I don't know. Like, I mean, again, bloody hilarious. Like, I retract it. Actually, you're right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, you I, I completely won this argument immediately. Hands down. Like, right. Okay. You've That's not how this thought's meant to work, is it? No, no. no I totally. Fight me, Joe. <laughs> no. And you're absolutely right. No, it's, it's I think harsh. it's when Trees went back for. And a second bite and a third bite and Tuchel's already said his piece and it's like we've already had them you've already got your flashpoint you don't need to recapture it again actually I agree with that now you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> am I impressed? welcome to Joe and agreeing with people <laughs> so uh, by the way the other great disingenuous media comment match of the day a classic for it where it's we really have to give Brentford credit here they're the story they're the story, they're the story. they should be the story Gary but now let's quickly get on to Manchester United <laughs> I saw they were getting grief as well. I think Glyn Lineker and Mark Chapman right. for slightly tongue-in-cheek kind of taking the piss out of um, the classifieds being gone. Oh, yeah. <sighs> no. I d- I, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know who's... It, it just seems very small time, but it was both of them, I think, kind of got a lot of heat for... A little bit of heat, who knows? Right. It's in the Telegraph. Right. I miss that. I mean, the classifieds. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> it is funny though that Brentford almost did too well. So if you go into you know like like this is the greatest moment in Brentford's at least history that we can remember, right? Sure. In our lifetime. Yeah. They hammer Manchester United four mm-hmm. 0 at home. Their new stadium, like it's amazing. They're four 0 up at halftime. Those people will never have more fun than they had on Saturday evening, right? Yeah. But United felt so low. And it became such a remarkable date in their history mm. that Brentford are never even going to be remembered. It's going to be. Do you remember the time United lost to some Egypts or like some some no mark team. team who'll probably end up finishing about eighth in the league this year? Yeah, you know, I do feel like that. It's it's almost like it was too good. You know, it's just that it's that one goal too many 
that's almost going to take it away from Brentford and push it all onto Man United. Oh, I hope you're wrong. Like, I do vividly remember Southampton 6-3 and Newcastle 5-0. Yeah, yeah, no. like, I suppose, yeah, but Southampton beating United 6-3 is a punchline on Southampton in a way. Is it? It's like, how do, how do we possibly lose to Southampton yeah. of all teams 6-3, you know? Yeah, Brighton just did this to Manchester United and not to similar circumstances a couple of months ago. That, at the time, was seen as a team that had down tools, and now, in theory, this is a team that should be retooled, and <laughs> it looks even worse somehow. And, like, I posited a few weeks ago in the news round that the first Monday Night Football, Carragher would be doing a little diagram on why Lissandra Martinez is not going to work. Lo and behold, anyone who called it you there... You actually call... I've been thinking about that a good bit. I've been like, calling that a lot hey, about the, the know, smallness of... Like, the superficial nature of it, he's quite small. Yeah. Let's target him. And Brighton, like, there was all these stats being thrown around by those taking the opposing view that he had the most uh, cross interventions in the Dutch league last season and most headed clearances. But that's different in a, in a league where you're not going to be targeted, where very clearly the first thing Brighton did was target him. Mm. Then Brentford saw that uh, route to victory and copied it. And I feel a bit sorry for him, because if, if United's transfer business ends today, what was upwards of 55, 60 million, and as a proportion of their spending in the summer, it's a huge amount. So he's technically their marquee signing. He's the sixth most expensive signing of the summer in the world. And he's made them Worse. arguably weaker. He probably will go into midfield. Let's just give uh, yeah. Harry Maguire who, like, let's give him Jew stick, because it feels like he's reached such a low ebb that he's, he doesn't get enough criticism anymore, but that was actually arguably his worst performance the other day. But do you not feel like that Harry Maguire's greatest skill is not being mentioned in the analysis of a goal because he's actually so far away from the play? <laughs> you know, he has this kind of amazing ability to sort of drift off where the play is, and then whenever you see a replay of a goal, Harry Maguire is somehow in, like, 12 yards of space yeah. in between where the ball came from and where the ball ended up. I still feel like he's getting a lot of criticism. Yeah. Stick his name to Twitter. I think merited though. Like it's almost... Oh, sure. Safe. But Martinez got criticism for being small for Ben Mee basically scoring with a sliding header that I'm not sure was much to do with uh, Martinez's yeah, height. I thought that was silly because like Ben Mee was falling over and Martinez was falling over. Yeah. Like Ben Mee... The ball was basically at knee height. Yeah, when he headed it. Yeah. But so that, that was daft. And I think he's tall enough for that like. Yeah. <laughs> For all that Ronaldo gets criticised and we don't know what's going on in training, but when they went 2-0 down to Brentford, Ronaldo was going around the players saying, we'll just get one more back, get one more back. Whereas Harry Maguire was sitting cowed on the halfway line waiting for the game to restart you're like, just that's not captain material. At the same time, And increasingly, give, letting him keep the captaincy, which at the time looked like backing your £80 million centre-back and hoping, hope, hoping that he can rejuvenate himself. Rather, that looks like a dereliction of duty or responsibility by saying, I don't want to cause a stir by stripping an England star of the captaincy when he's clearly not fit to be Man United centre-back, let alone captain. Ah, look, he's had some bad moments. I mean, even lining up on the wrong side of the tunnel on the opening day of the season was a, a low point. <laughs> David Hay was like, we've done this a thousand times, we're over here. And then he tried to walk into the Brentford home dressing room the other day. Okay. Man, like, I not I, great decision-making. I give you all that, but the whole Ronaldo rousing the troops... I'm not buying at least for a somebody second. was doing something. But with him, it's so performative. Because even against Brighton at Old Trafford, where he's on the bench, and there's no big screen at Old Trafford where he could be seen, he starts doing the old lift the head stuff when they concede. No, oh, everything is for the it's cameras. Purely for the cameras. That is not aiding anybody in the pitch one bit. That is look at me. And he, as brilliant as he has been, he is a look at me merchant. Yeah. And that is all that was after they conceded the goal. That was like, he was like, 
some idiot in the media is going to be like, did you see Ronaldo trying to rally the troops? And you just... <laughs> You're that idiot. <laughs> an idiot. So no, I'm joking. Terrell Moassi looks around, like, what? look for some guidance from a senior player. Harry Maguire is there with his head down, wanting the world to swallow him up. Yeah, at least okay. Ronaldo's doing something. That okay, I, really give, I give you that. I give you that. Regardless of it, it, was, like, it shouldn't be Ronaldo either. I don't think you can reward someone just because he G's you up for missing pre-season because he wants these are, the club. By the way, these are basics. Like In any level of football where you go 2-0 down unexpectedly, it's like, come on, let's like rally around. Like yeah. Someone go down injured and let's kind of regroup. No. Who's leading the charge there? It's amazed they didn't stem that flow at all. With well, it, even just an injury. And then your senior player, your highest paid or one of your highest paid players is at fault for the two goals doesn't help either. Mm. Do you feel like Ten Hag's getting away with it? Yeah. Like I do. I, I like Getting away with what? Okay, well, here's what I think, right? It's They were absolutely destroyed against Brighton. How that match ended 2-1, I don't know, right? I thought they were... I, I thought, like... From about the eighth minute on, Brighton looked like three times a, a better team than Man United, right? But they were exposed down the left-hand side of defence, in particular with Martinez and Shaw. How they came out and played that game, with the, they changed nothing in a week. I'm sorry, I know he's only there now, but like that's, that's the basics of football management, especially these days. You're talking about a sophisticated league without getting into it and the 30 years crap and all the stuff this year. It is the best league in the world because it's obviously all, all the top managers are Our there. league. And Tom's Call it our football. <laughs> the Brackish Premier League is the best league in the world. But like, I, I can I can forgive Ten Hag for coming into this job. Like, maybe I shouldn't forgive him because it's it's such a basket case. But like, not thinking I need to just win now and hold on to my job. He's trying to recalibrate things like systemic way of playing, which several managers have tried to do and failed. So like to go out and go two banks of four against Brighton or Brentford would seem counterintuitive and almost admitting defeat before he's even got going. Yeah. I know what you're saying, like when, the, also, when a game's not, going a certain way. But he's not spotting basic problems. So obviously that's uh, like... And he's created, targeted. he's created one Thomas of Thomas Frank made, did the interview after the game where he said, Brighton targeted that, had great success. So we said we'd give yeah. it a go. You know, and that's like a good manager. But again, it's basic. You, you know, like you figure out how to exploit the opposition. Manchester United shouldn't be in a position where they're allowing teams to do that without like they changed they took off both of those players at half time why didn't they do it after 20 minutes why were they playing in the first place you know I know these are basic uh, you know, making a substitute after 20 minutes would seem rash but they were 2-0 down yeah. but he only has like he's been in there I can't understand that he's, he's been there weeks yeah he's been there yeah All pre-season right but pre-season he had that was mired in him as you are talking to Miguel earlier having to be way more involved in transfer stuff than he should have been done Mm. And also, it just everything coming together. He's still every, like it's weeks. It doesn't matter what job you're starting. Mm. The first few weeks, which you cannot be expected to come in and just land on your feet to the team he was coming into. No, but I he shouldn't be aware enough of an issue where, and like, let don't get me wrong, an overachieving and really well managed team like Brighton, but ultimately talent wise, a middling team completely dominated them and exploited them in this regard. He he isn't expected in a week in between those games to adjust something, anything. The only thing he did was drop Ericsson back in from, from false nine to six. And I hate, I hate talking about football in numbers, by the way. Sorry, that's... Anyway, I just did it. But you can't... Sometimes you have to go with what the... Defensive the, midfielder. The, the brought him to, back to defensive midfielder and, and brought on an unfit Ronaldo because you couldn't possibly leave him on the bench. It's, I yeah. suppose it's so worrying. That's all he did in a week. Surely that has to be... Surely all he did crisis. in a week, though. It's not all he did in a week, is it? We know, know he's what not. What else did he do? We know, like we know, like we don't give these. Four nil to Brentford. Don't give these people enough credit. All the same, these are highly intelligent, highly capable people. Yeah, they sure. are working. They are doing. It's not paying off. And you, I know, we said thing, but you've also said it's the best league in the world. 
So it would stand to reason that a team like Brentford, they're extremely well organised with an extremely capable manager, or a team like Brighton, likewise, could exploit a team that is clearly on its arse in terms of where it needs to be. Yes. So it's not that, that like the same way that Liverpool last year put five on Rangnick's Man United or whatever it was. It could have been ten if needed be. It's just a case of it's a case of grades. Like like so, Brentford aren't Liverpool, so they can't do that. But Brentford, in those in that situation with what they're capable of doing, it's perfectly reasonable that that would happen. Yeah. If it's still the case in three, four weeks from now, from even maybe two, three months, you'd go, well, this is something seriously wrong. But I, I don't think that's... I just feel there's an awful lot of free passes. And I thought Neville, like, you know, bringing it to the owners, like, he's not wrong in anything he says. But it doesn't, it doesn't excuse the fact that this is a team of, on paper, much, high, much more highly paid, much higher, high, more highly recruited, everything. You know, this is a better team than both Brentford and Brighton. But they don't play anything like it. They're playing like the one of the worst football teams I've ever seen in my life. But, uh, that yeah. has to come on to the manager, no matter how new he is. Yeah, was and with, the players. It can't all be about the Glazers. It was with Redknapp in that. Like Again, this isn't a world-class team that have beaten them 4-0. It is Brentford and like they can't get a free pass because the ownership is so bad, you know? I, I know... I, I know. I know the la- I know Joe and Ronan you'll have watched more United I know Mickey will be watching Villa with that team. but like you've seen them in the last few years mm. they're appalling yeah. it's like this is again hard cynic. to see Man United but you, no no <laughs> but you know what I mean like if you're actually sitting down to watch it like yeah. they're appalling I think it's I think people are underestimating how low base he's starting oh, from bad. I have a pang of guilt by the way with my uh, Ronaldo idiot in the media comment it didn't get the laugh I was hoping straight <laughs> away from you you looked hurt as opposed to roaring laughing <laughs> which was not my plan well, I didn't I've see where nothing but love for you I didn't see where you were going until the shot landed it was, like <laughs> sneaky, it was like a sneaky body shot I was like winded down for 10 oh I'm so sorry I didn't mean it that way um, point, well <laughs> the uh, Neville Redknapp exchange has kind of um, caught the imagination a little bit and I was I wanted to see what you guys think because I was sort of it happened as well if you remember with Carragher and Sunis when Carragher was talking about Lukaku and he was saying like oh Lukaku just stood up there for Chelsea and Sunis said oh that's harsh and you could see well here's my I would throw it out to you guys and see what you think I thought it was the case with Redknapp and Neville and I thought with Carragher and Sunis when Suna said that to Carragher, you could almost see Carragher sit up as if this is the bit that's going to go viral. And like, this is the three or four minute bit that's going to be clipped and be everywhere on Twitter. And I and I think the same was happening with Redknapp and Neville. It's sort of an extension of our conversation last week, which was like how the internet is changing everything. And yeah. in this instance, I guess it's those punditry moments. And it was like Carragher straight away sat up and went back at Suna in a, in a quite a strong way. And Redknapp with his, look at me when I'm talking to you. It's like they realise these are the going to be the big moments I can't lose. And if you saw the recent Connor sketches where he caught the keen, I mean, this is real. <laughs> you know, this is, this is going beyond the line a little bit. But he caught the keen Carragher, like Rao and the Connor sketches. And it's how they just start throwing shots. <laughs> You're like, He's an idiot. Like, now, when did you win the league? All that stuff. I think that captures something about the atmosphere in those um, punditry stages now whereby you can visibly see the wheels turning oh this is the moment and I don't want all the comments underneath to be like X destroyed him yeah. Y destroyed him and I think we had a few of those moments over the weekend certainly that Redknapp one he's obviously noticed Neville if he doesn't like what you're saying yeah. he does the old and looks away it's like I can't even listen to this guy he's so dumb that's what I'm letting the viewer know yeah. and Redknapp was like 
this going viral, I can't let this happen. No, and he went nuclear. Neville prefaced it by saying, we've already talked about that, as if to suggest what Redknapp's saying about the players not trying hard enough, that's kid stuff. Anybody, anybody can point that out. Now the adults are talking, so just stop talking for a second, Jim. <laughs> I genuinely thought there was such a lack of respect. In it. Yeah. it was like so there was a fight that was like, I'm playing chess here, and this agent doesn't even know the rules of drafts, and he keeps yeah. shouting at my face, yeah. and I just want to pretend he's not here. 4-0 is a bad result, Jamie. Yeah, good. I can see why you'd be aggrieved and aggravated, and I can see why Redknapp felt the need to say that. I'm sure he regretted it almost immediately. Did you think so? It's become the punchline now. It's like... Although Sky's Sky were the ones who led with it, though. Yeah, that they, was it. Yeah, they love it. Like it's, it's yeah. incredible content. It's getting a gazillion eyeballs. But do you? Uh, is that what I've described there? Are you sensing that? That they recognise the moments. I, I can't lose this moment. This is about to go viral. I suppose it'd be impossible not to, because it does seem an awful lot like it's everything's set up. It lends itself to that. Yeah. So it really, and they they kind of know exactly. I think now they kind of really know what they have in terms of. They really have all these different opposing characters who have their own sort of approach, their own personalities, and we're kind of really getting to know them. And it it just I don't think it's I don't think it's contrived in that way, but I think the the whole setup really lends itself to just all right. We know what we've got to do, yeah. and it's not. I don't again. I I think that the football lends itself anyway. That'll get loads of interest, and all these people will just say things that get a lot of interest. But I it, it I, like I don't know because I I don't know what it's like to be on the television. So I don't know what it's like, and especially like with those kind of numbers, when you know that many people are watching you, I presume the way they are and the competitive element within them, there's definitely a competitive element. Because at seven o'clock or something, something's going to be something's going to be going viral. So it can't be me being. <laughs> where do you want to be in that? Because I think they sense oh, there's no value in me making a really good point in nine minutes time. Yeah, I've got to make it now because this is the bit. <laughs> Finish him, and in a few weeks, of a slight tangent. Yeah. You're going to recognise those ones. We're going to be doing it to each other. <laughs> uh, the Carragher Lukaku one, the way it developed, and you kind of pointed it out, was like Carragher was making an almost a nothing point. I didn't see Sunas coming with that. Yeah, it's no. like Lukaku. I think I thought I thought everybody was on board with the notion no. that Lukaku wasn't. I think someone um, put it very well, but the dynamism of Chelsea's opening to that game, Lukaku's just not getting involved yeah. in that. So like that's a. I think that's an accepted point, unless you're Graham Sunas, who's like you can't say that. About that's unfair. He didn't just stand up there. Yeah, um, I think Carragher meant it relative to the way Chelsea were playing. Yeah, but yeah. But and he then, was like, oh, "I'm ready. If you're, if we're doing this, I'm ready." So Carragher had to go not to sixty. Like, it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> I, I know it's it's honestly it's so interesting watching those dynamics. I Lads, wish that BT would do at least something in along those lines. I don't know, but I mean, if anything. anyone anyone who watched Villa at, at, at Everton, which was a bad enough game as it was, yeah, without Rio and Joe Cole and I like Joe Cole. Oh. Do you not like Joe Cole? What are they talking about? Rio's wearing tracksuit buttons. <laughs> and slip-on shoes. I didn't see. And they're on the pitch. I mean, sorry, the, the fashion probably isn't the most important part, but like... Can we get Rio's wearing tracksuit buttons put into this thing? <laughs> and slip-on shoes. Yeah. Do you not like oh, Joe they're Cole? they're so boring. They're not doing anything. Right. They're not doing anything. Like, they did a big... The only thing I remember even from watching the entire coverage was they did the halftime analysis of how Decore wasn't doing the right job as one as part of a three-man centre-back team and Decore was playing midfield. Right. So... Didn't really grab you. And do you not like Joe Cole, no? Well, I don't... It's like... 
Uh, no, is the truth. <laughs> right, what has Joe Cole ever? What has Joe Cole ever said that's been in any way interesting? Or Don't put me on the spot, but I just think in general terms. Uh, there's some text in lads what about Forrest proper Premier League ground was great to see yeah I liked it it was really good it was really good actually having Forrest back in the season. atmosphere was brilliant at that game yeah genuinely I found that more more, uh, I found that more interesting than the majority of Spurs and Chelsea Spurs and Chelsea Ah, got really good stop I did yeah that's just you know more I'd seen that game before someone says more tangents less linear discussion please I know I feel like we're a touch too organised today uh, Redknapp was making no sense at all lads he was actually agreeing with Neville but didn't realise it oh, I thought he was making a very good point he was saying we can't just excuse this manager and these players just because the ownership model is bad that actually this team is still better than they sh- they're showing I thought that's totally fair yeah I know but there was times when he was kind of uh, Neville was saying you know Look, it's it's about recruitment. It's, it, you know, it's about the owners. They're not putting in the right football people. And Neville and Redknapp will come in and goes, "Ah, it's nonsense, Gary. Sure, they don't have anybody doing scouting. And, you know, they don't have any recruitment issues. You know what I mean?" So he's like, and Neville was kind of going, that, "That's that's, that's what I'm saying." Yeah. <laughs> no, fair enough. We got to take a short break. Five three six is our uh, text number. Let me update you on the Liverpool game. Thirty two minutes on the clock, and still nil all at Anfield is the latest. Back in one sec, we have a few other uh, bits and pieces we want to get to before nine o'clock. <laughs> oh, we're back. Just uh, wondering, should Ginny Weasley have made the cut for this thing? But that's a whole other show. Mick McCarthy's here. I feel here. like we should start broadcasting our ad breaks in this, uh, in this slot. Arthur O'Dea is here. Ronan Mullins here. I'm here as well. Liverpool have just gone 1-0 down. 1-0 Beautiful down. Thing. 34. Oh. 34, what is a beautiful thing? Yeah. You're anti-Liverpool. They're our looked, only hope of a title race. You're not listening no. to our conversation last week, Art. Wilfred Zaha with the goal. Sorry, go on. I'm, this is something I've been thinking about for a while. So I, I grew up my United fan, right? That's fine. That's everything else. That's there. This is a hell of a tangent from where I was going to take us, but go on. I'll be very quick about this. I take more enjoyment out of watching Liverpool lose and watching my United oh. win at the minute. Are you, what, who do you support? Still, well, well my United, like, typically. Huh? It's the end of this slot. You <laughs> Luckily, they're all watching the match. <laughs> <laughs> You're a United fan, yeah. And you nominally, think, nominally, like if, no, if when, you, when you wager into it, and you uh, you you, if you ask it to get me deep, deep down, and you prefer watching Liverpool lose than United winning, yeah. It's a weird way it's gone. As the as no, because fandom generally kind of fades. I find as you get older. I think that's but hatred grows. I find the hatred maintains. That's weird. Do you know one thing I don't really get? Like as I uh, like Liverpool, just for the record. See, I'm a United fan. Who do you dislike? Grown up. You just you dislike Man United. Are you taking some sort of glee in watching oh, Man United? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I hate Man same United. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's same thing. It's the exact same thing. We're alienating half the couples. Yeah, yeah. Both back. <laughs> yeah, we're you're out. Different opinions. <laughs> Do you not find it's weird? Um, so we're supporting these teams over here. Yeah. And like the reason Liverpool and United hate each other. Okay, they're sort of rivals for the best team traditionally in football, but it's like the proximity, the location. People who say Manx and Scousers, is that kind of what you mean? Yeah, and sort yeah. of like the reason Arsenal and Spurs hate each other is because their fan bases grow up next door to each other and it's a rivalry. Yeah. Do you not think it's weird when like John, well, John the Arsenal fan in Longford is like, I hate Spurs so much. But so it's, 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 it's John, my Liverpool neighbour that I dislike. I've not that problem with the club, do you know what I mean? I've no problem with Jurgen Klopp. So that's a, more of it, there's lots of Liverpool fans that you grew up with and you hate yeah. them. You know, I get that. I think it's okay with Liverpool and United in Ireland, actually. Because I think that, in yeah. a similar way, 
yeah. as like Everton and Liverpool grow up in the same houses. They do here too with but, Liverpool and United but, fans. But in me hating Birmingham City, yes, that's <laughs> yeah, like, you know I, it kind of is. Yeah. Now if I was going to Villa every week or if I was a <laughs> regular lived there, there yeah. or I had lived in Birmingham, you can kind of you know yeah. maybe. But, but it's, I, it's not a guy can't face work in the morning with the Birmingham. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, they, they're, they're usually bottom of the championship. Like, so oh like, no, yeah. the bragging rights. Do you know, yeah. but I do think actually but you do get into that a little bit. Like when they were in the Premier League when I was young, yeah, like you did buy into it a little bit, like in a kind of a stupid way. But it's for the want of what everybody else has, yeah. But it's not; it's based on nothing. It's, it's total nonsense. Yeah. Now that you say it, I agree with you on the Man United Liverpool thing because here, it's it was just like a, so it was, many. You were in school; it was like a derby. Yeah. Liverpool fans, United fans. Uh, Graeme Soonis released a statement through Sky. Interestingly, um, you suspect they were trying to. Uh, put this thing to an end uh, to PA and so he's saying of the men's game comment to clarify my comments from yesterday I was referring to the two Premier League matches I watched live on Sunday afternoon rather than the sport of football football is a game for everyone to enjoy I never anticipated he was going to apologise as soon as because I suspect he thinks there's no need for an apology curious your thoughts I was making the point on the news round that the extremes here are both wrong so on the one hand you've a bunch of people going this is woke culture gone mad that he can't say this. Sam Jordan on TalkSport this morning was saying, you know, this does a disservice to the cause to be bringing up these minor issues and trying to develop a culture war out of them. And there's zero case to answer here. Everybody grow up and get on with it. And then on the other hand, you have people saying he's a disgrace. And you have like current English internationals, female internationals saying he is a disgrace. You have people saying misogynist, uh, get rid of him. They're both wrong, I would put it to you. Like, there is something of a case to answer for. I don't know what you guys thought. I thought when he said it, it's a man's game with Karen Carney there, who has over 100 caps for England. I thought, oh, that jars. Yeah, like, it did jar. And on TalkSport this morning, he was asked about what he said and he explained what he meant. Nobody has a problem with what he said in terms of what it meant. Everybody understands instantly what it meant about wanting to see more aggressive football. It's just the language saying it's a man's game as a way of communicating it. Uh, but, like, he shouldn't be you know, I guess dragged over the coals and like career in danger. Uh, both those extremes are wrong. The the boring middle majority, I think anyway, watched it and went, uh, we know what you mean. No, totally know what you mean. You weren't trying to cause offence, but it's probably a little bit jarring to say that and, and probably alienating for any female footballer or female viewer. And so the very obvious solution is just a simple, I'll just retire that phrase mm. and I'll just talk about it, aggressive football in any number of different ways and there are countless ways to express that point and it's like just that simple it should just be a rather than this big culture war and that 24 hours of controversy and apologies and statements shouldn't it just be a simple case of someone saying yeah just find a different way of saying it and him going yeah I see what you mean that isn't the biggest hardship of my life and then we move on it is I, I suppose what lends credence to the, the, the opposition that there's a, something I don't want to say a case to answer but something is the fact that Karen Carney looks dead down the lens of the camera when it happens for about the second time at least or third so she felt in the moment to some degree that it was an unusual thing to have happened yeah. I do fully agree with you I, I don't think I, watching it in real time it, it was like oh that's, <laughs> that seems odd. like of all the weeks when it's not, there's not it's not like there's regularly a female pundit there but of all the weeks to kind of really double down here on men yeah. <laughs> at it uh, that was it but I think the way he acknowledged it is exactly if he had to acknowledge it at all how you would expect him to do it. I'd now I think if he continues to use that phrase 
I wouldn't bet against it. Then it's, it's a salty enough apology, wasn't it? Oh, it's not an apology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> salty enough clarification. Oh, it's not explain if you didn't understand. <laughs> like, I suspect, who knows? Who knows? But I'd say someone in the PR world rang him and said, you should apologize. And <laughs> I suspect he's passed on that opportunity. <laughs> I'd say that, com- that conversation was shorter than the but, statement. But I, I think... Two words? If, if he just internally said, I'll just retire that phrase. I don't, I don't need that. It's not an essential phrase to express my point. And I'll just let that drift out to sea. Language evolves all the all the time. Yeah. Like I guarantee you, even the the most enlightened people now will, in forty years, be thinking of a phrase or a piece of language they use that they probably won't use in forty years. Like that happens, but it's certainly jarred. And I think the easy and simple and uh, conciliatory thing to do is, well, I just I won't use that phrase anymore. Yeah. It's that, like it's that. It should I, be that simple. I just wish that we had a little bit more of a calm reaction to these things and realise that people say things that like might not mean offence and are just like possibly old fashioned or out of date ways of saying things that aren't actually the end of the world and I think the only way you can judge whether that's a problem or not is if somebody refuses to accept, doesn't take what you've said there and just say right actually do you know what I shouldn't be saying that, that's a stupid way of putting it that's not uh, you know that's not helpful in the current circumstances, I won't do it anymore without taking responsibility and making yourself out to be this monster apologising for just something, for a phrase that has been said, let's face it, for Sunus' entire life. Yeah. Up until very, very recently, nobody would have batted an eyelid at him saying that about a men's game. It is a figure of speech, like it's something that's just probably spilled out of his mouth and he was so invigorated, you could tell by the game he just watched and it was so in his wheelhouse that he just like maybe got carried away. I don't think he was actively choosing those words and I think he summed it up well there. Like, there's people are hurriedly, uh, like, keen to take a position on everything, and this is kind of something that resolved itself quite quickly. And without the Sunes statement, I think there was a, an understanding that people had concluded this is how it panned out, and you know he wasn't actively trying to denigrate the sport because, like, tune into any boxing broadcast, you're likely to hear the word machismo or mano a mano, yeah. and there's no denigration of what Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano served up, which most boxing fans would tell you is the fight of the year. Mm. That's not to suggest that those terms, are you're actively using those terms in, in that kind of way. So I think, as you said, the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle on this one. Oh, yeah. Do you not think that people coming out, though, with anger and saying, like, you know, he's a disgrace, he's whatever, you know, would only feed the idiots who ha- come down on the other side of that with the extreme of footballs are men anyway, you know, so we shouldn't have women on the panel, they don't know anything about the game, all this kind of crap. It just gives another reason for all these people to come out with their bullshit. This world gone mad. You know, yeah, 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 because if they, ha- they, they, they have all these opinions and want to say them, but they need this kind of like woke culture excuse to jump on something mm. and I just think that it brings out extremism yeah. whenever something like this which is like again call out stuff when it's wrong uh, don't get me wrong I'm not suggesting we never say anything because it brings out the Egypt on Twitter but when something is like basically no more than a slip of the tongue or again not a slip of the tongue is the wrong word but a, a, a using an expression that he's used all his life not realising yeah, that it's, it's, it's no had longer it's acceptable it's but it's not yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, but so yeah, I don't think we're saying oh, there's no case to answer for whatsoever, and, and I, can't, I can't even understand how anyone would have would have an issue with this. Yeah. that's wrong as well. Like there is, but it's a minor issue. It's a here, let's just retire that phrase. Yeah, that's all no, it is. I like, think you shouldn't be writing uh, angry columns calling out Tyrone Mings. That'd be my biggest issue. <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> well, that is a slight tangent. Uh, Al adds, how can you blame the manager when the players can't even do the basics? I presume this is about Man United. It's like 
Oh, I love a good analogy. Hmm. It's like a new postmaster coming in. I've no idea where it's going. <laughs> Come on, read it out, though. Read it as the listener. It's like a new postmaster coming in. I want your honest verdicts on this uh, analogy. <laughs> is, is a postmaster just that someone who runs a post office? Yeah, I didn't. wasn't entirely sure. Okay, okay. Top dog in the post office? Yeah. It's like a new postmaster coming in, designing a great new system, and then all the postmen, or women, <laughs> can't even match the numbers of us. They can't even match the numbers... To the uh, letters on the door. To the letters on the door. There was a typo in that as well. There is. To make everything worse. I don't know. I don't know if we got the full value of that analogy in the end, Joe. It's a bad read on my part, sorry. Well, the typos didn't help. United's Pain is a great source of comedy and entertainment for others. Conor Moore's keen soon as Carragher Neville talking about United or Harry Maguire talking after Brentford is wonderful stuff. Uh, caught your conversation about the likelihood of the media forgetting about Brentford's achievement on Saturday and focusing on United's demise. You then proceeded to do just that, focusing on Ronaldo, Maguire and our short centre-back. As part of the media, does that not make you... <laughs> short centre-back? <laughs> As part of the media... Doesn't even deserve to be Does named. that not make you part of the problem you just described? Yes. Says Cormac. No, Cormac. I was saying it's disingenuous when media say, oh, we shouldn't forget Brentford. I was absolutely being honest and saying we're going to completely forget about Brentford. Okay, but a slight tangent. Yeah. We get called out for something like this almost every week on this slot. Yeah, but... Um, and most of the time it is true. Yeah, but my point, my point there was we're not going to do the whole... In this oh, case, we sh- fine. We in should talk case, about fine, Brentford. But we're no, absolutely hypocrites. I don't, I don't agree. In general? We're not. Are we hypocrites? Ah, you, you know, everyone's a hypocrite. Though. Like, you know, it's just... Sometimes we're having a go at media while doing very similar things. Yeah, that's, I do feel bad about that. I don't want this to become a media slot. Uh, my brother is a Liverpool fan. I hate seeing them win. Love it when they lose. Once laughed in my poor nephew's face when they lost to City in the League Cup final. <laughs> <laughs> the League Cup. I hope the nephew is like five. <laughs> is Mika Richards' sole purpose to provide a laugh track? He has nothing to the analysis. He makes Red Knapp look like an expert's own who takes the two of them in there. I feel that's just a knock-on to the fact of City have to be you have to have some sort of city person there yeah. and I do think it's not been relevant long there, enough there is a bit of a danger though with Richards like uh, I was watching Match of the Day on Saturday did you see it did you guys watch Match of the Day no no Okay. It's taped. It's on my. Uh, it's on. It's, it's on my DVR. <laughs> like all the other episodes be, of Match of the Day that I've. I'd I be curious to know what you think because I feel Match of the Day too often is like whoever won was brilliant and whoever lost was terrible, Gary. And I, I suspect that's a consequence of them not being able to watch the games fully. It's always whoever won great, whoever lost terrible, and even their packages for me lack nuance because Mika Richards did a package on Gabriel Jesus for Arsenal doing his thing, and it was just like picking out all his good moments. And like he's so great, this is a complete success. This is an amazing signing. Can't say enough good things. Good, good, good. Ten out of ten. But like the truth of that game is, Jesus missed about three to four really good chances. And like that's his fundamental problem. That's the reason Jesus hasn't prospered in the game the way uh, he might have hoped is that he misses chances. And yet, if you just watch the highlights, you'd be and or just watch the package, you'd think, oh my god, nine out of ten, ten out of ten performance. But actually. What should have been pointed out as well is, it must be said though, there's going to come games where he only gets one or two chances and he has a propensity to miss them. And I just thought it was very basic. I often have that problem with that coverage. I see what you mean. I also think though that there's too much of an expectation on strikers to take every chance they have or else they haven't done a good job. Like, you know, the fact is that Gabriel Jesus got about six chances in that game, mm. scored two. Mm. I think he was unlucky not to get a third, you know. Um, but I, I just, and I just, I, I, no, it's just, it's just an ongoing kind of conversation about like you know twenty goal strikers, yeah. and that don't exist even in the modern game. And like I mean, Haaland got, 
think Haaland had five touches in the first half, yes. Yeah, uh, you know, and we're talking about him dominating this league. True. The game, Lukaku, we spoke about earlier, you know, wandering around up front. The game isn't coming to number nines the way it used to. And to be honest, I would be delighted if I was an Arsenal fan with how Jesus has started. I know what you mean, but every striker missed chances. Like. No, I accept that. So I don't know if it necessarily needs to be... Maybe that maybe maybe that proviso line that you but just mentioned. That is was the way too to glowing. Like, yeah. That was like the greatest thing ever. Similar analysis of Chelsea post match, where were it not for a somewhat fortuitous equaliser for Spurs, Chelsea would have won that game and deservedly so. And they're like, oh, if they just had a number nine, they would have ran away with that game. But would they have played with the same fluency and fluidity in the final third if they had a stationary number nine yeah. of the Elka Lukaku? Like Raheem Sterling didn't score yesterday, but he was centrally involved. In everything they did, Kai Havertz just seems to have forgotten how to finish. He's doing everything else quite well. Yeah. So you wonder if this stuck, like a Aubameyang, is who, who they're being linked with. If you stuck him in there, does that solve all that ails them? I'm not sure it does. And you get the impression that that's the kind of analysis that will happen. Mano a mano is a misused term. Is an interesting text from Bill and no Thanks for the text, Bill. Translated, it is Latin for hand by hand, as in combat, not man to man. Yeah, so God, I, I'd always thought it was man to man. No, someone else saying it's like not some, gendered as well. It's, it means hands. It's like hand. manicure. I suppose machismo is probably more like the the gender specific one, whereby yeah, the implication is that only only men can ascend to this level of of brutality or violence or tactical skill, even in, in most cases. There's going to be lots of language that we're going to have to think about how, like all of us use, especially in sports broadcasting. Like we will often say, "Oh, so and so had cojones." Uh, or balls, I guess. Increasingly, you know, is is grit the preserve of men? No. So, like, just stuff like that. You have to be, you have to just have to think and catch yourself, and that's that's no great hardship on our part. Lads, is one of the hardest midfielders I've ever played. Do you think Sunus was just enjoying a game that he would have loved to play in Nyland Tella? Oh yeah. Like I think Sunus and Keane are looking at this going, "This is a game I recognise. This is where my strengths would be to the fore." <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't mean that was for us to talk about football the whole time. Asher, what else is there at this time of year, Joe? Well. I was going to ask, I don't think we've time now, do we? <laughs> what were you going to ask? Are we five minutes? Pizza's with five minutes? Yeah. Uh, just there was a piece yesterday which came up in the Sunday papers about the club championship and it was a piece in the mail on Sunday and it was basically saying like the GEA have fought very hard for this split season and now the club championship is here. The GEA are doing nothing to promote it. You go on to GEA.ie for instance and it doesn't have the club fixtures up in a kind of accessible way and it was almost saying, well, like, if we don't prop this thing up, it's never going to take off. And I probably disagreed with it, really. Like, the only big suggestion in it was maybe, realistically, that the GEA website does a better job in the fixtures. My sense is the, the club championship, I'm, I'm, I increasingly I really support the split season. But I think, ultimately, club-level GEA is a participation sport. It's just never going to capture the imagination of a national audience unless like a Clifford is playing in a game where there's maybe a handful of exceptional players if they're playing you'll say well I'll watch this game but in the main the majority of people are just not going to care and I think putting this pressure it's probably a media thing because we want stuff to talk about and we want you know we have to fill our slots with GEA talk but I think putting this pressure on the club game to like rise up and be promoted and reach out and grab everyone I think it's a good idea. Like, it just should be celebrated for what it is, which is local in the extreme, until maybe you get to... It's almost like the League of Ireland. Stages. It's kind of a little bit like the League of Ireland, that same sort of thing, where it's like we're used to this exact game being played at a far higher standard, and we watch it all the time. 
and you can't necessarily just substitute. I think it's a nonsense the idea that you could like even the proposition that the club game could have a national interest mm. is so far fetched. It's just I think it's nonsense. I think that it, like it should not be at all a focus. It's it's not it's not worth it. Like it's not like it's just so far from even like the thing. And I'm not like again everyone. It's so easy to always kind of say like the stuff that we could have and that we don't bother entertaining at all. Like Diamond League and Athletics, <laughs> we don't show it. But there's so much that we could fill I've that time. World Championships and Athletics. We don't need mm. club games in the national calendar. I think at all. I don't think it's. I, like, I personally don't think it's necessary. For sure, the other and final, and maybe the semi-finals, and, and those stages. But uh, like, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with them being available to people. I watched a good oh, bit of the Wexford. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, like the streams are but great. Like this, this critique that like oh, the, the GA need to promote these and make these bigger. Yeah, and no, bigger I, I'd actually agree with you. That. I don't agree that the club game is a participating sport. I think that no, for is it a participating sport. I don't, I don't agree that it's only for the participants involved that it's sort of this thing that's it's been catered for the players. Sure. I mean, the club game in the locality where the club game is being played, if you want to consider the participant the village or the town, then fine, I would agree with you. I don't think that there's a... I don't think there's a wider national interest. I think people who are interested anyway, it's great that it is available. It's great the Wexford final was on TG Carter yesterday. It's great that you can stream all these games. Uh, it's great that I can watch the Clare Hurling Championship um, mm. You know, w- with a, a pay TV basically, you know, and that, uh, that, that I can follow it along that way. Huge interest, mm. but that interest is our own. It doesn't need to be promoted, it's there anyway. Mm. You know, like I mean, I remember someone telling me before, you know, when there was this like, you know, one of, one of the many kind of like Brawley, Spillane, O'Rourke sort of like spend an hour after an All Ireland semi final talking about how the game was dead and the game wouldn't survive this. I remember talking to a person who was like, if there was never an inter-county game again, Gaelic football would remain as strong as it ever was because it doesn't need to be this beautiful fair for it to matter to my town mm. and to the town near me and to the town next to me. And that, that is why the club game is genuine. It's actually not an exaggeration and it's not nonsense to say that it is the heart and soul of the game. And again, it's not just for the players playing. Yeah. But you're 100% right. In everything else, I think it th- that's all it needs. Yeah, we shouldn't what, put this pressure does, on it. Yeah. What does that matter to anyone? Mm. Like, why do why does a game that mattered to me at the weekend necessarily have to matter for you for it to matter at all? Yeah, do you, do you know what I'm saying? And 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 I just think, yeah, look, I again, I think I agree with you on that. I think about the split season is like. You know, I did feel a bit robbed of Intercounty Fair because I do watch that as a neutral, and I lo- and I watch watch all those games, and you and you you build up to a season, and it felt like it was taken away a little bit. Middle of July it was far too early, but actually, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I think we do need to make sure that we are looking after the members and of the organisation yeah. and the players. And I'm come around to it totally. I do, and it, but while still like w- willing to listen to arguments, but the idea that the club championship is happening in this vacuum and, and all it needs is the GEA to kind of put out a few ads, like, I don't get it. I, no, don't re- I don't really don't see the point. Although you were saying the Armagh championship is not starting until September. Yeah, like there are little elements like that where the split season, as you've alluded to, it's accommodating the vast majority of the playing population, those who don't get to inter-county level, who haven't been able to plan their lives for their entire playing careers. So that's that's one thing. The we were never trying to get it to ascend to a level of parity with the intercounty game. Nobody ever foresaw that. I don't see why sure. people are banging the drum to that end. And people say the club game is better than the county game. There are reasons for that, but there 
they're emotive, they're not necessarily playing standard. And I think everybody can accept those points if you look at it coldly. But yeah, like there's drawbacks like the fact that you've got this uh, increasingly a lot of time and yet championships like the Armagh Championship, the proper championship doesn't get underway until September, which yeah. seems like... Against the whole point of A doomed start, like yeah. for something that is supposed to be more... I don't know, more space for these games, but like I like the idea of the club championship, the interwoven nature of it, and it's not unique mm. to get at games. Like you see it in America with, like high school football means as much yeah. to people there as the Super Bowl does, but nobody's suggesting the two games are of equal billing. But what is unique is that that star will play yeah. both the Super Bowl and the high school game. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, which only happens in I Ireland. Really. Just want to touch on this text before I go. Dave and Mead. Dave, I don't know, either you weren't listening or we weren't clear, but definitely you've misinterpreted our meaning. So, uh, lads, do you have any idea how out of touch you sound when you talk about the club game basically not being that important? Plenty of other sport to cover. Put your self-interest aside. I genuinely don't know how you took that point from what we're saying. We're saying we're in support of the split season. I don't speak for everyone on the panel, but I think. It's hugely important. We think it's massively important. We think it's massively important to each town and team. We're just saying it may not garner national attention, as in each game may not garner national attention, and that there shouldn't be a pressure on the club game to step into that breach and be in the national pages, and that we don't have to put a pressure on a club game to be promoted to the sense that it's getting a quarter of a million viewers. But like for the towns that we're all from, like I played club football, uh, the club game, like the reason we're supporting the split season is we think the fact that it's been done for participation reasons is wonderful. So I don't know, you may have misheard us or we may not have expressed it brilliantly. But I mean, if you think we're saying the club game isn't important, we're saying the opposite. Up the club. Who's Ireland's uh, on Jamie Clark most versatile, <laughs> most talented sports <laughs> person? As we're out of time. Yeah. Kevin Moran. Kevin Moran. Yeah, Kevin, 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 Kevin Moran. Moran. Yeah. Lindsay uh, Pete. Fellas. Jason uh, Sherlock. Jason Sherlock, yeah. A slight tangent is done for another session. It may be back, it may not. We'll see. <laughs> Next week's agenda. Paul O'Donovan, Ireland's greatest sportsman. Oh. Person. Oh, you, you're in <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> By accident. Ireland's greatest. One of Ireland's greatest. At least put him in the bloody conversations, for God's sake. He's got to be in the top 20, doesn't he? Oh, top, top 20? <laughs> <laughs> He's dominating. He's dominating no. a world sport no, in a way that no other Irish person except for Katie Taylor has ever done. Top five. That's bigger. Top five. I don't know. Who are you knocking out? Have you interested in who you're knocking out? Yeah, there you go. Top five. Why is anyone have to be out? He's automatically in. Well, I'm asking you. Who do you even out? Sure, I'm not the only we have. I'm just saying <laughs> we're out of time. We're out of time. Oh, yeah. Arthur O'Dea, thank you. I'd Cheers. have him ahead of nearly anyone. Mick McCarthy, thank you. You would, yeah. You can't leave it on that, Joe. <laughs> you can't. You'd have him number one. That's, he's a multiple time Olympic. He's, 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 a, he, he's dominating. Yeah. You one of, one of the bigger sports. What do you mean what I have now? Pete's having a hernia out there. We got to go. Okay. <laughs> Mick, thank you. Ronan Mullen, thank you. Thanks, Joe. We'll pick that up at the next a Slight Tangent. Thanks very much.